This week's episode is brought to you by Graph Hockey Skates. Voted the number one hockey skate in the universe, Graph Skates offer a unique blend of durability, efficiency, and fashion. The new Peak Performance campaign was recently released and are only sold on the black market or dark web. Say goodbye to the old carbon fiber skates with the yellow graph logo that we all know and love and welcome the new exclusive Peak Performance Black and Red. Made from the skin of the legendary Black Jaguar. These elite skates also have stripes of red reduced from the blood of a thousand virgins from the great white north of Canada. The toques are made from the emulsification of pure Colombian cocaine and plasma taken from the bodies of Hockey Hall of Fame members over time. The steel blades were forged. Yes, that's right, forged. Exclusively by the swords used by King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. And finally, the tongues. These graph tongues are weaved together with the finest feathers of a rare albino bald eagle blessed in the 1800s by Chief Sitting Bull of the Sioux Tribe. Say what? So head on over to graph.com and enter promo code TONGUESOUT to enter an exclusive drawing. If chosen in this drawing, you'll travel to Taiwan to compete in this year's Mortal Kombat tournament where only one winner will walk away with their lives. Finish him! And of course, they're new. Peak Performance Graph Hockey Skates. And now, let's start the show. What's up? This is Brando coming to you from the studio for the first live live podcast. I'm here with Paulie D. What up, dog? Hey, what's going on, boys? Welcome to the podcast. Epi 3 starts right now. Oh, buddy. Well, listen, man, we have a lot to talk about today, so we're just going to jump right into it and go quickly through a recap of our Beer League dominant victory last night against, who did we play again? Uh, we played the Puck Hogs last night. Um, they're uh, another team of a bunch of uh, kids, you know, 18 to 25. I think their oldest guy is younger than our youngest guy, but... Um, you know, we took it to him. Another dominant Ferg's victory. It's a seven to one last night. It's kind of ironic their name being Puck Hogs because I don't even think they even barely touched the puck all night, man. <laughs> they as soon as they did, we were all over them. Uh, I think overall as a team, we played well defensively. Uh, Russell, as always, stellar in net. Um, big Daddy Russ. Oh, Big Daddy <laughs> Russ, indeed, my friend. Well, let's take a look at uh, some of the goals that were scored tonight. Why don't you talk us through uh, who scored first? Um, actually, that was me. Just, just pick up a little garbage in front. Um, you know, hey, being garbage man, I don't mind being, doing that. And it uh, worked out. Got us on the board early. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is in beer leagues, man. It's getting that first goal, popping it in, and just crushing their dreams right off the bat. Um, I remember playing these guys last season. Was it in playoffs we beat these guys? No, I think it was just regular season. Eh, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Anyways, um, so Pauly bangs in the first one. Like you said, garbage man. That might, that might be his new nickname from now on. Who knows? But I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, well, we might just kind of jump around in goals here because not only did Paulie score one in the first period, but he also scored quite the beautiful. I, I would I would argue that he scored uh, one of the most beautiful goals of the season so far. You want to walk us through what happened on your second goal? Yeah, I'd actually argue against it. Um, I I just tapped it in really. Uh, Brando, you and Walshy kind of set it up a little tic tac toe business, and uh, I was the guy in front screened the goalie. I just kind of popped out, and Walshy put it on my stick. And if I didn't score that, I don't think I'd probably ever get a pass from him again because it was. I mean, I'd, I've screwed up some worse goals. Let's just be honest. So uh, anyway, I got it in, and uh, there's some good passing all around last night. I know Walshy and Brad and I, we were moving the puck really, really well, um, having a lot of fun, just getting a lot of good chances. It, it was good fast hockey for us it was indeed man and i mean not a big deal but before that tic-tac-toe happened i mean i pick up the puck from the point 
I go a little leg lift, fake shot, toe drag to the right side. While she pops out on the left, I feed it to him. He hits Paula in front. Not a big deal. That's just how it goes, boys. We had, uh, Brando, you actually had a real nice goal going on. A little power move, uh, fighting one guy off and just kind of going around the crease and tucking it in. Yeah, man, that's what happens when uh, when you're sponsored by Graph Peak Speed Performance Skates, man. You just, it's like almost having two SpaceX rockets on your feet, and sometimes you just go into booster mode and just blow around the defense. And I was thinking about sliding it back door in the past, but I figured, you know what? These little babies keep on diving in front of the net, trying to take the pass away, so I just powered my way across one hand on my backhand to the forehand tug soon. Uh, Coca had a goal again. He's on a little point streak going. Uh, someone hit off the post. Was that you? Was that bad? Yeah. Shot my off the post. My first ever clapper I've taken with my stick, and I didn't even lift it off the ice, but somehow beat the goalie, hit a low post, and it kicks out, and the rebound on the right side to like the what into the slot? Coca's alone. He, Coca's alone. I was behind him in case he messed it up. But um, yeah, goalie had no idea where it was, and all he had to do was put it on the empty net, and uh, he got a nice little goal. Um, Brian scored a goal at the end, and I don't think anyone even noticed. Um, it was like 15 seconds left. He pops it in, and I think we were getting ready to pop off the bench and start celebrating just the win. So, uh, but hey, Brian, he, you know, he was looking pretty good last night, doing some some battle work in the corners. You know, I noticed that he spent a little bit of time in the minors on a conditioning stint right before our game. Um, I think that gave him a little bit of a confidence boost, maybe. I was kind of talking to him in the locker room about that, and he said he didn't really like playing in the B-minus league because he had to be more of an impact player out there, and you know how he's not all about that whole effort thing. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, I'm spending some time in the the minors as well myself, and uh I have like a minus 10 right now. It's it's pretty bad. I'm doing nothing on the score sheet, but minus after minus after minus. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, Shit. Well, not only were there plenty of goals scored last night, but there were, what, two minor penalties that I want to touch base about really quick because I didn't see them, but I had a chance to talk to the people who committed the penalties afterwards and kind of pick their brains about it. Uh, did you see Locke's penalty right off the right off the rip there? You know, I did not. I saw him go in the box, and I just figured Locke was doing what Locke does, uh, running people over. But what happened? Did, you didn't see it? No, I didn't see it. All of a sudden, I look over. He's sitting in the penalty box, and I figured, hey, this would be a great time to you know, pick his brain, see what's going through his mind. And I asked him, because I'm sitting there on the bench. He's in the box. I'm like, hey, Locke, dude, what's going through your mind right now? What, you know, what happened with that penalty? What's going through your mind? And he just looked at me all confused and had no idea what I was talking about. And eventually I, I explained to him that I was trying to get some, some, uh, material for the podcast today. And, uh, so in the car on the way home, he told me, well, what was going through his mind at that time? Uh, that the refs are just bullshit. And we're trying to get the, the puck hogs back into the game by calling a penalty on us. And, what he told me was he basically just knocked a guy's stick out of his hand and got a slashing penalty or hooking penalty. I don't even know what the fuck it was, but he wasn't too happy about it. Yeah, I think uh, you know because we were dominating so much, they were looking for something to call us, even it up. Um, I will say uh, there was a female player on the other team, and um, you know when there's females out there, typically you know they're playing a man's sport. Typically, we treat them like men, but we try and be a little nice when we can. Some of us do anyway. But I did see Locke destroy her behind the net at the end of the first period or second period i don't know if he meant to or not but i basically saw him bulldoze her over and uh did he ask her for a number afterwards i couldn't tell what he was saying but there was some kind of conversation after he knocked her over i don't know i think that she just gave him her number right off the rip he didn't even have to ask for it he just dominated her and she's like i like this guy let me get my number speaking of which we were lining up in the face off i don't know who's on the ice or not and uh Brandon, you'd even know she was a girl. And you look over and you go, that guy's got some nice lettuce over there. <laughs> and she was right next to the bench. I'm pretty sure she heard you. You were loud enough. And I start cracking up because I think you were making fun of her. Come to find out, you actually thought she was a dude. Well, to, let me set the record straight on that. I was on the bench. This is, I don't know, opening face-off or maybe second period like couple, face-off yeah, or something was, like that. 
<laughs> I, I look up and I see the guy with the blue bucket taking the face off, and he's just got like a full-on cob salad, dude. He's got that blue bucket and hair down to the middle of his back. And my comment was, wow, look at the lettuce on that guy. <laughs> and then the girl was lined up on the wing close to the bench, and she turned around and kind of looked at us. I think she <laughs> she thought I was talking about her. I didn't even realize, first of all, that guy had longer hair than she did. And second of all, I didn't realize that there was a girl on the ice until she actually turned around and looked at us. So, hey, my bad. I didn't mean to be a dick about it. You didn't see the pink stick in the, in the beginning of the no, game? No, I've seen guys <laughs> use pink sticks anyways, man. You, you know how these guys are. So, um, you know, let's all talk about real quickly as we go through that. Um, there also was another penalty call with uh, Walshie. We had uh, – he was, he was basically just protecting the puck to move it around, and the ref called him. What, was, what did the ref call him on? Uh, interference. Interfer- which, yeah. And I was on the bench when uh, he was, the ref was trying to explain it to Brad, and the more he tried to explain it, the more BS the call sound. I'm pretty sure that was a mistake call because that didn't make any sense. I think with Walshy playing ball hockey now, he's just getting really good at, at protecting, uh, doing a little puck protection, ball protection. So the puck was basically in his feet. He kind of boxed the guy out. He made a good play, and then the ref called the interference penalty. Once again, in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, they're just trying to even up the game, put him on the power play. But I feel like every time we went shorthanded, we had a couple of chances to score. I think, uh, talk about uh, Mr. The, the postman himself, Eddie Leupold, uh, I think he banged two posts last I th- night. I think it was two posts, yeah. He's uh, a little frustrated last night, but, you know, Eddie's always solid. Come around for him. Uh, speaking of frustrated, I don't know if you noticed, did you see uh, – Nick and Locke uh, jawing at each other a little bit. Those two guys are fired up. I like to see guys fired up. But, um, you know, we had a play go wrong, a turnover, resulted in their only goal. But those two are were given to each other. I mean, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to ever be mad at the boys for getting a little bit fired up out there. And um, I think there was just a little bit of miscommunication defensively. They went down and scored their only goal of the game. And then... Uh, I don't know. I think Nick called Locke a pussy or something. I don't even know what happened. But anyways, I think that maybe next week we should just have those two locker box in the locker room and just kind of get get the steam off uh, off their chest and just let them figure it out. So good luck, Nick. <laughs> you can bring the gloves. I'll tell you, on that play, what happened is uh, Walsh and I were actually swinging around, switching sides, and um, as we were crossing and in between each other, they passed it right where we both were. And while she looked at me to take it, I looked at him to take it. None of us take it. Their team picked it up and scored. So, hey, it could be just as much as our fault as theirs. But it happens, you know. Nah, whatever. Just blame it on Pick Niederson, son. <laughs> Coming back from concussion. Doesn't even know where the hell he's skating around out there. Good God. Maybe we rushed him back from the IR too quickly, man. I don't know. But in all seriousness, he looked good out there. We had the OG10 squad last night. This is our real full roster that we're looking to bring into playoffs man so we looked good we came out with a 7-1 victory uh the standings have not come out just yet um because there are some tuesday games so we usually don't get updates until wednesday from finney but we'll take a look at that and um i would think they were definitely in we're what's our record now two and one two and one not a big deal well hey you know what dude let's take a break We'll come back. We'll talk about some NHL stuff, um, and we'll go from there, boys. Be right back. All right, everyone. Well, we want to take a couple minutes and talk about what's going on in NHL and the big show right now. Um, Playoffs are about to happen. Things are getting pretty exciting, and uh, we wanted to break it down for you what we're thinking and what we're seeing. Uh, hopefully, you guys are saying the same kind of thing. So, if you look at the playoff picture right now, um, we got a little bit of a battle in the East and a battle in the West. And uh, in the East, it looks like New Jersey and the Panthers are going after that A spot. What do you think, Brandon? Which one do you pick is going to take it, and why? New Jersey and the Panthers. Um, I thought at the beginning of the season they were going to be in last place. Um, Sorry, Russell, but I didn't think the Panthers had it in them. All of a sudden, Panthers are on fire lately. New Jersey's kind of hit or miss. I'm going with the Panthers taking it and New Jersey dropping out. I'm actually going with the Panthers as well, only because if they make the eighth seed, 
Um, they get to play the Lightning, and that would be the first time the Lightning and Panthers ever met in the playoffs, which would be pretty cool. Um, sorry, Russell, um, as well. We're going to be chirping you pretty hard if that's the case. Um, interestingly enough, if that does happen, uh, Toronto and Boston may be facing off in uh, the preliminary rounds and possibly Philly and Pittsburgh, which would be a really cool first round in the East. Um, Crosby is a beast against Philly, and that hurts me to say that because I hate Crosby, but you got to have respect for him, man. For some reason, whenever he plays Philly, tears it up. So if that is the case, Philly's in trouble, dude. Crosby. All right, so going over to the West, um, you know, St. Louis, everyone was talking that they were going to be out of it, and they uh, snuck back in. What, what are you thinking? Is Colorado going to be out? Anaheim, L.A., St. Louis, they're all pretty much uh, 90 or 91 points. Uh, got a little battle here. You know, you got Dallas creeping up, even though they lost, what, eight straight, <laughs> and then they won last night against Philly in overtime, which is a huge, huge win, keeping their hopes alive. But they're sitting at 86 points right now, and in front of them, they got some powerhouses in Colorado. Nathan McKinnon is MVP status this season, just unreal. Um, Anaheim, again, like I said, and I think Epi 1 is kind of my dark horse to get into playoffs, and they can make a splash if they do. I think they're going to stay. I know that St. Louis is hot right now, but I just don't think that they have what it takes. I think that I think Colorado and Anaheim are going to slot in. I think that St. Louis is going gonna, is gonna to slot out of that position, um, and Dallas is going to go on a little bit of a streak here at the end, but they're just going to fall short, and that really hurts me because I love Jamie Benn. Yeah, I think Dallas is a little uh, too little too late, and unfortunately uh, Ben Bishop going down didn't help them in goal. Uh, they lost a couple games by a little bit they really could have won. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think uh, between Colorado and St. Louis, I think Colorado's probably going to get in, and um, I think Los Angeles and Anaheim are here to stay, but hey, we got a couple games left. Um We'll see what happens. Also, interestingly enough, uh, Connor McDavid broke 100 points. Pretty badass. Uh, I know he's your fantasy boy. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> when you have somebody in your fantasy team and they're just killing it, like you feel like they're your child and you just root for them. And, I mean, the kid is just a stud. It's a shame that the Oilers kind of dropped off this season. But that's what happens when you have the world's worst GM and you trade away Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, and these studs, and you just leave McDavid by himself. But this guy still manages to put up 100-plus points playing with a bunch of benders, and it's just incredible. The kid's stupid. Yeah, wait till they get a good team again, what he'll do. So um, I actually, uh, I you know, six or seven games left per team. I'm kind of thinking that. There might be a couple people breaking 100 this season. Um, I was looking at the stats right now. I think Cooch has a good chance of breaking it. He's at 96 right now. Uh, Malkin is right there. I think Malkin might break 100. Gino. Um, Drew McKinnon also might slot in at 100 if they get pretty hot. So that'd be five players breaking the 100-point barrier. Do you know the last time that's happened? Or do you know the last time anything more than one player has broke 100 points? I don't even remember what happened yesterday, so no, I don't. <laughs> well, it was back in 2011-2012 uh, was the last time anything more than one player has hit the 100-point mark. That was Daniel Sedin with, I think it was 112 points, and three other players hit it as well. So interesting. It looks like uh, goals are up, and you know us fantasy players are uh, enjoying that. Can you imagine if McDavid had an identical twin <laughs> like the Sedins? <laughs> How terrifying would that be? <laughs> Sorry, that was just random thought of the day. Do you think the Sedins are going to stay in Vancouver? Uh, I think the Sedins are going to retire at the end of this year. You it's time so? for them to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They slow down quite a bit. Um, I'll tell you, what do you think about Winnipeg? I'll tell you, I'm actually pretty excited about Winnipeg. Um, if I was in playoffs and I drew Winnipeg in the first round, I would be shitting myself because they are such a dynamic squad. I mean, they have so many weapons on that team. And I feel like they're all just massive, too, with Bufflin, you got Shifley, you got Wheeler, you got Line. A lot of big bodies that can really do some damage. So come playoff time when it's just you finish every single check, size does matter. At least that's what my wife tells me, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, so when they made the playoffs last time, they had an awesome whiteout. Uh, of course, they got swept, I think it was, when they did make it, and they rarely make it, but I know that whole town's about to go insane when they make Dude, the playoffs. Dude, I heard that Team Mussolini's going to come out of retirement and play on a line with Patrick Laine. <laughs> I mean, holy Bonerville, Batman. That is insane. 
<laughs> Did you happen to see uh, Line A's uh, Selly on the shootout against Boston? No, I saw that he scored in the shootout. Though. I missed the Selly, though. What was yeah, it? Yeah, he uh, basically had this awesome goal, and he uh, he put his stick over his arm and pretty much played the violin, and it was uh, it was pretty sick. I mean, can you imagine that guy's fucking beard if they make a long playoff run? Dude, he's got, like, blonde pubes growing off, like, the bottom half of his chin. And it's like if Joe Thornton cut off, like, the top half of his beard and just kept, like, the Amish part below it, that's Patrick Laine. That's just insane, man. But, yeah, Winnipeg is a scary squad, dude. And I think that they're going to they're gonna really make a splash if their goaltending can help, can hold up, man. You never know. That's true. It's going to be pretty tight this year. I'm actually super excited about the playoffs. I'm going to get my bracket done. Uh, I encourage everybody else to get their bracket done this year. It should be really competitive. Absolutely, man. Um, in other news, as far as NHL goes, this is the time of the year where NCAA, we're getting in the Frozen Four here, teams that are knocked out or maybe even some KHL teams that miss playoffs. You know, you have these agents that will basically come in to the NHL, some of them uh, already drafted by certain teams. They'll just kind of slot right into their rosters. And I had uh, I did a little bit of research, and there are a couple names that interest me. Um, and some of these guys again played in the Olympics, you know, for Team USA and stuff like that. Didn't really know who they are, but now they're coming in the NHL. I mean, there's there's this kid who plays over in the KHL. He's a Nashville prospect. His name's Ely Tolvanen. The kid puts up 43 points in 60 games. He's 18 years old. He's just a little pipsqueak, though. He's a little guy, kind of like a little Patrick Kane. But slot him into Nashville's top six, top nine. I mean, Nashville's scary enough, dude. It's like, what? Come on. (laughs) Well, we see what Ryan Donato was doing in Boston. Um, Pretty awesome. He scored in the shootout as well. Uh, Casey Middlestat getting signed by Buffalo, getting some shot out there. That's pretty exciting as well. Casey Middlestead should have been on the roster right off the rip anyways. I mean, Buffalo had a poop season again. So, well, you know, you never know when they're – you never really know what's happening with Buffalo. They have so many young studs on that team, but they just can't seem to get through. Um, another guy that, if I even mention his name, Russell, if you're driving right now, pull over because I'm afraid your boner's going to hit the wheel and cause an accident here. But this kid, Henrik Borgstrom from Denver University – the kid is an absolute stud. He's got filthy mitts. I don't know if you guys have seen any of his highlights on YouTube or anything. The kid is insane. Uh, so if he makes his way over to Florida right now, who has a – I think they actually – Florida has the most games left going into the end of the season than any other team in the NHL. So they have more games in hand. And if this kid gets some games uh, under his belt going into playoffs here, dude, he can do some serious damage. I'll tell you. So what do you think about uh, who's going to get the first round overall draft pick? If you were to guess right now, knowing uh, the games that are left, what do you think? Where are the two teams that have the best chances of getting it? Well, the two teams that have the best chances of getting it are the two worst teams currently in standing. So it's just a matter of who finishes where at the end of the season. Um, I mean, you know, with a player like, uh, what's his name, Rasmus Dalin going first overall. This kid is a franchise stud defenseman. He's going to be bigger and better than Eric Carlson is what they're saying. Anybody that gets a first overall pick is, I mean, just hitting the jackpot. It's like basically getting another McDavid on your team, just turning around your franchise. Uh, obviously, I think the Red Wings are getting it. <laughs> Duh! Oh, they need to stop winning like they did against Pittsburgh if they, if they want a shot at I don't it. even know why they're even <laughs> trying to win. Or maybe Pittsburgh just sucks that bad or something. I don't know what it is. But they smoked Pittsburgh 5-1 to one or 5-2. to two. And I was watching that game last night. And Crosby scored like 10 seconds into the game. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. And then uh, Detroit comes back for the win. So I don't like that right now because I want them to get the first overall. But... I mean, looking at the standings and where we're at, first overall pick, I think, is going to... Drumroll, please. Ottawa Senators. Wow. They're going to have two Eric Carlsons on their team. <laughs> well, maybe one if he signs somewhere else after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what, though? If Ottawa does get the first overall pick and they take Darlene, then that increases the Red Wings' chances of signing Eric Carlson because... Why does Ottawa need to bring back Eric Carlson when they bring in Dalene to replace him for one one hundredth of the cost of re-signing Carlson? So I mean, come on to Detroit, Eric, if you're listening to this, Eric, 
Uh, Tavares, anybody? <laughs> Ekman Larson, maybe? I don't know. Come to Detroit and save, save us. Come on. Reese, you know what I'm saying. Come on, Doug. I mean, do you think Otto even wants Eric Carlson back? I mean, I think that bridge is burnt there. Dude, why would you not want Eric Carlson back? To, I mean, the only way I can see that not happening is if, honestly, they land Darlene and then they try to take, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to afford him, dude. The guy's going to get like 13, 14 mil a season. I mean, there's not many teams that have that much cap space that can sign a guy like that. But in my opinion, he's worth every penny, so. I agree too, but I think Ottawa's too butthurt about it. Um, those fans are kind of losing it over there. So, real quick, let's jump to our segment um, that we like to call "What the Fuck." And basically, in a segment, I'm gonna say the name of a team, and Brandon, uh, I'm gonna say the name of a team that's not making the playoffs, and Brandon's gonna tell you why they didn't make the playoffs or why he thinks they didn't. So, uh, and I don't know what he's gonna say, by the way, either. So, <laughs> I hope I come up with something good. So, uh, real quick, uh, Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames. What the fuck, Calgary Flames? Mike Smith was hurt. Johnny Goudreau's still nasty. Um, I think that the goaltending was just inconsistent for them. So that's what the fuck went wrong with them. <laughs> okay. Give it to me in uh, three seconds, Sarah. The first thing comes to your mind. Um, Chicago Blackhawks. Patrick King sucks dick. <laughs> Vancouver Canucks. Ooh, I like Brock Bozer's hair, but uh, hair doesn't score goals. <laughs> so what went wrong? What the fuck went wrong is that they don't have more Brock Bozers on their team. <laughs> or Besser, however you say his name, I don't care. Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Carey Price being injured and Jonathan Druin not being on Tampa Bay. Carolina Hurricanes. Um, too many Stahl brothers on the team. <laughs> Just one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one too many. New York Rangers. Uh Man, dude, I need like three minutes to pick apart the Rangers. <laughs> the one thing that went wrong is that they didn't trade Lundqvist away to a contender and get this guy a cup. I agree with that. New York Islanders. Oh, my God, we're we going through all these teams? I thought we were just going to do one. Islanders, what went wrong? John Tavares not having an extension, and uh, he's going to leave and go to the Red Wings. Okay, two more real quick. All right, Arizona. Uh, Arizona, the fact that they're in Arizona means they're going to be unsuccessful. All right, and uh, Detroit Red Wings, keep it short. Oh, you can just get me a start. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. We're tanking for Rasmus Dahlin, son. Nothing's wrong with the Red Wings ever. Tyler Bertuzzi, uh, you know, we got Mantha. Dude, I can go on for days, bro. We, we're we're going to be winning the cup within the next, uh, I don't know, maybe like 30, 40 years. All right, well, we have uh, Jesse Reed calling in right now, our correspondent over on the West Coast of the U.S., and uh, we're going to chat with him for a bit. Uh, thanks for humoring me with some of those answers. That's our NHL recap for right now. Peace. No. All right, everyone, let's bring in our Seattle correspondent, our man from the West Coast. Jesse, are you there? How you doing, buddy? Doing well. How are y'all? Good. It's Paulie and this is Brando here. Is this hey guy even in Seattle anymore? Where the <laughs> hell are you? Oh, I don't even know anymore. It's uh, currently uh, just outside of Portland, Oregon. Jesus. Yeah. Well, hey, Real- man, uh, talk, talking to your phone a little bit so you're a little bit louder so the boys don't have to blast their stereos on the way home, all right? God damn it, What's dude. That? This is your first interview, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? Who's this? Well, well, hey, Jesse, um... You know, I, I, uh, for everyone who doesn't know, you've been in uh, Seattle. You went from Tampa last year to Seattle and just recently to Portland. Um, you know, for all. You missed. Uh, you missed <laughs> oh, yeah, you also been there for a year. Oh, man. <laughs> um, for, for, us, uh, for us over here who don't know what the vibe is out there, tell us what's going on with, um, you know, all this talk expansion and moving to Seattle I mean is it is it crazy over there are people talking about it do people not care I mean what, what are you seeing on the on the front lines but it's a pretty big thing here uh you know as soon as people find out that I play hockey they're like oh you must be really excited about the about the expansion <laughs> yeah obviously I am uh, the the season ticket sales sold out faster than than Vegas and they had to to open more season ticket sales is just for the deposits, I should say. And they, um, they sold out double the amount they were expecting. 
Um, so it's they sold over capacity of the arena in uh, <laughs> that sounds like a problem. Composite. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm no mathematician here, but I'm going to say that it's going to be a little tough one at the end. But there, it's a waitlist. Gee, for so they just put there. some lawn chairs outside the stadium and just put a TV out there for them. How does that work? Yeah, it's just watch parties. No, the amount of people that are going to drop out of it once they find out the season ticket deposit is, it you know they paid five hundred bucks, or I think it's five hundred bucks for for a seat or for two seats or something, and then their actual prices are going to come in. It's going to be three and a half grand, and they go, well, never mind this, and then it opens it up to Cap- the capitalism at so, their best. Uh, what's the? Did they decide on a logo yeah. yet or a name? Do you? Have, is there like talks of what the the choices are, or what the the favorite ones are? Depending on which mm-hmm. uh, which Google search you want to believe, um, there's a, a lot of talk of the Seattle Totems uh, because it pushes uh, a little bit towards the Native American culture that's out here, and it pays homage to an early version of a Seattle hockey team before they were the Seattle or after. It was, a, it was a WHL team, Seattle Totems, that won a bunch of WHL championships. I, I heard at one point they were actually – that some groups are trying to get rid of Native American team names like Blackhawks and other stuff um, because of all the controversy and political correctness. So I guess that's not an issue there at all. No, I, I guess not. I think they also do a lot more – I mean, there's a lot more tribal activity out here. So maybe there's a little more, um, you know, the, I guess uh, – goodwill between tribal and, and non-tribal groups does that mean you're smoking more peyote than you were in tampa with all the natives over there or what 100 100 times zero <laughs> yeah, so yeah he just said he wasn't a mathematician Back to the math. figure that shit out so so I don't know uh, what you're saying tell me <laughs> Now you're in Portland. Uh, what's the closest rink to you out there? And are you playing? What, what's the, the men's league situation like out there for the, the beer leagues? I guess it's a, a pretty good uh, league. There's three rinks. There's a, one, there's a, a WHL team down here too. And I'm actually skating there on Monday. It's a, a private skate from the, uh, the old Nike Corporation. Maybe you, you've heard of them. Um, they do a, a private skate out there, so I got to invite. Wait, you're playing in the WHL now? Yeah, no, the uh, the WHL arena for um, like a private Nike a women's corporate hockey skate. league. What's WHL? Yeah. Oh, oh, gotcha. West, oh, West. oh, okay. Yeah, it's not it's not the hockey <laughs> league and the ladybugs here, guys. Is... What a shame! What a shame! So, um, for uh, the listeners that don't know, Jesse, you're actually uh, coming back to Tampa next week to uh to play with the boys again uh we have a rink of dreams scheduled for friday april 6th uh everyone's gonna be there it's gonna be a good time and we're pretty excited to have you back um how pumped up are you again to take the ice with uh all your buddies down here including myself i'm pretty pretty pumped uh i'm trying to remember some of the, the good rink of dreams experiences uh i mean it's pretty hard we, we saw it's pretty hard at the end of those so I, I can't remember a lot of them but i remember scoring a goal off his <laughs> ass and then also going to <laughs> later that game. Oh, for the record, it was my mission to score off of your ass, but somehow you ended up scoring off of my ass. It was just, it was amazing. Yeah, you just got to take initiative in this scenario. So, uh, you've done, how many of these have you done in the past? You've probably done, what, half a dozen Rinky Dreams over the years? Yeah, I think, I think right around six. six. Yeah, so I have this picture yeah. I'm going to try and share with the boys at some point. Uh, I'm definitely going to try and get it out this weekend, but I did a rink of dreams with you. I want to say probably about 10 years ago, back to 2008 or so. And I, I, you might, I know exactly you might know where I'm going with this. You forgot a glove <laughs> out of your bag. Yep. And you played the entire game with only one glove. <laughs> now that's, that's a bit of a stretch. I traded gloves with a random dude on the bench for about two shifts uh, to, to take that one. He would shift off and give me his glove, and then I would take it and, and swap it when I got back. <laughs> I was living in Fort Myers, and uh, I went up there with old Brendan Toop, if anybody remembers Brendan Toop. And uh, I made it all the way up, and I opened my bag, and I left <laughs> one glove back home. 
And it could, since it was Rink of Dreams, you can't go to the pro shop and grab one. And I don't think we knew enough people. Like, now we're so in with the Lightning, right? They can just walk into their equipment room. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, we'll get you Headman's glove. He, you know, he doesn't mind. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a picture of you where we're lined up, and you have one glove on one hand and another bare hand. And I'm just cracking up because I remember you played a couple of shifts with no, yeah. no glove. And it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was it, – like, at first, I'm like, this ain't so bad. And then someone kind of went a little high on the slash. <laughs> Yep, my pants. <laughs> There's also a great Rink of Dream story. This is a, this is actually before you left. Probably one of our more recent ones that you've done, where um, we had an awesome skate and we uh, we pack up, shower up, we go over to Ferg's, and for whatever reason, I think you had to go back to work, and you you back yep. to work off uh, Howard Street when you live there in Soho, and the rest of us just got bombed at Ferg's. Probably having some of the best times of our lives there, and. Uh, you came back at like seven o'clock before the game, dead sober, annoyed as hell because you're working, and we are just a shit show. And I was like, "Dude, you missed such a good time." And you're like, "I don't want to talk about it." Yeah, that was a rough one. The uh, it was, <laughs> I wanted to get so drunk so fast, <laughs> and then poor poor Brian said, "Yeah, I'll run back with you." And I was like, "Yeah, it'll take like twenty minutes." So he came back with me, and he's just sitting at my house watching whatever price is right or whatever's on at noon and just just drinking beers going so we going we going back soon there's a lot of snapchats of people playing crocodile roulette oh crocodile roulette yeah you were gone for like three four hours and you, you helped brian hostage that's yeah. right the uh one of my favorite rink of dreams was uh oh god we played it was a saturday and uh i think brett anderson played did he ever play Rick of Dreams or am I just No, he, I think he played I think he played a couple of them with us. And you're still drunk. Because he he ended both he ended up crashing over at uh Brian and I's house. Oh yes. That night. He slept he slept on the couch <laughs> and he he woke up at like well first he slept <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> and Brian had to wake him up to get him out to the couch and he he knocked on the door and he opened it. He's like, oh, something's in here. And you're like, well, no, <laughs> you're sleeping. But the, the light's on. We only have one bathroom. <laughs> and, uh, and so he slept on the couch and he woke up later. He was going to go to the bathroom. And uh, he opened the door to my bedroom. But uh, Ashley, my, my wife, is. she wakes up and she's like, Jesse, somebody's <laughs> here. And I look up and it's, it's obviously Brett. I mean, you know the guy, you, he's on the table. <laughs> Standing in the shadow of the doorway, just looking in. I'm like, please don't be. They're <laughs> like, Brett, bathroom's the other way. He goes, all right, thanks. And just goes back to the bathroom. And I'm 90% sure he fell asleep there for another couple hours. I'm pretty sure Locke was out with you guys that night. I think Locke somehow got back yes. to my parking garage and fell asleep in his car for a few hours before waking up in the morning. Yeah, Locke, uh, he was, I think Brian and I were, unfortunately, the most sober ones of the group. And uh, Locke was. He was going on about his sword. <laughs> I remember that. He's like, let me, I got to show him my sword or don't let him find my sword or something like that. And, and Brian and I were just completely confused as to what the hell he was going on about. But he, he kept going about it for the better part of 20 minutes. And we're like, all right, man, well, you should probably just crash here. Have some water. And he, he glided down on the air mattress and then he just vanished in the middle of the night. No, he doesn't know how he got home. Doesn't know how he got to your apartment. We're like, dude, what'd you go? Like, I don't know. I woke up and I met my buddy. <laughs> so, um, you know, thinking back, um, I think that was both of those when we were Ferg together. But I know, did you play two seasons or three seasons with Ferg before you moved to Charlotte? Uh, two. two? Okay, say. so. For, for people that don't know, I mean, obviously our, our Ferg's crew is a very tight-knit group of guys. And um, beyond our current roster, we have a big extended family of just good dudes. Lots and lots of good dudes. We're probably like 30 or 40 deep of just guys we play with at some point that we all kind of keep in touch. Um, a lot of them have been around since um, before Ferg's, and we had a team called Gator Dredging, which was your old work sponsor. We played for seven six or seven seasons of Gator dredging i think we went three months without a loss at one point we won like four championships in a row um and prior to that that whole Gator dredging came about because of um you know some random teams we jumped on and when brian and i moved to tampa around the same time the three of us 
were kind of like nomads on some teams. And that's kind of how Ferg's started uh, through that. You want to kind of tell some of the guys the stories about where it all came from? Well, I know like, a lot of it, most of the, I'll tell you, like, the core Ferg's guys came from the Flyers. That's true. And, uh, yeah. And Ellington. A lot of those. Yeah. And Ellington. And, um, and then I know like uh, I moved up to Tampa I think, I don't even know, I think, I think it was still living down south. And um, we were playing down in Ellington, and then everybody kind of like, teams down there started to fall apart. We were tired of playing Sundays at 11 o'clock. Um, we made a split, I remember, from, we wanted, there was all the, like, the real ringers that <laughs> wanted to move up a division. And there were some guys who were just like, they wanted to play more rec, more beer. And um, we, we had to make a decision to split, and they said, you know, we're, we were going to play two leagues, and they said, no, forget it. We're, we're either playing in the top one or we're out. And uh, it, unfortunately, we, we couldn't field a team, so we moved rinks up to Tampa um, where we had to, to draft a few people. And uh, we ended up getting uh, stud Brian Torak, <laughs> pulled, pulled him out of retirement uh, via, via Mancation, no less. And, um, and we started playing a couple, a couple different places. We played it. TBSA on a team called the Who. Uh, that that was a little rough. Yeah, actually, uh, Reese Reese played Reese, with us. Reese on played that on that. Yeah, and um, that was it. Was a bit of a weird a weird league because it was uh, all the B league got lumped in together, and you got you know half of it should have been B plus and half was B minus. So you get all these B minus guys showing up getting just shit showed against these B plus guys losing fifteen to one. And halfway through the season, they said, okay, now we've figured out who's top and bottom. We'll split it again. So you're, but your record didn't reflect it. So you walk into the beginning of the season with like an 0 and 8 record. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic uh, TBSA where they give you the schedule three days before each game. There's no planning yeah. at all there. You know, are, am I playing on Monday? I don't know. Like a text at 11 o'clock. Yeah, your <laughs> game's at 5 tonight. You're like, okay, great, thanks. Well, well I think what, and, what happened, we had, we had the Flyers team down at Ellington. And then um, that wrapped up with a, a championship. Uh, do you remember that, Brandon? Who scored the championship goal? Uh, I remember that like it was yesterday <laughs> because Paulie actually scored. I don't know. It might have been the first goal of his career. I don't even remember. But he dangled. Uh, were we playing the beers? Playing the beers. We're probably Brad's playing team. against Walshy and Brad. Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to hurt when they're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he dangled. It was probably Walsh for all I know. Dangled Walsh through the legs at the blue line, walks in and just goes, snipe top Chedsky, dude. I'll never forget it. You were standing right in front of me, and I picked you up like a little baby and hugged you because I was so excited. Oh, I excited like a baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, so I digress. The Flyers wrapped up after that season, finally won a championship, and then um, you guys became anchor in. And that was around the same time that Brian and myself moved to Tampa, and then the Brian and Jesse and I, we were on the Who, and it's all kind of blurry timelines, but Who, and then we jumped on a team called the Hammerheads at the brand. No, we, we won a championship with the Who. Oh, that's right. I think we did the Who and, and the Hammerheads at the same time playing two leagues. Yeah, I think it was, it kind of was the lapsed by a little bit. Um, yeah. And then the Hammerheads picked up, and we stuck with them because we liked that rink better. And even though the, we didn't have to pay anything to play on the Who, which was fantastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Then uh, Hammerheads, that was that was a, a pretty interesting team to be on. Um, there were some real real benders on that squad. Uh, you know, not us obviously. But, um, it was like God, the, the one dude, uh, complete pylon. Uh, the guy in charge had absolutely no spine and wouldn't kick someone off or, or have any problems like trying to make a team happen. It just never worked. And, Guys walk on mid-play and get whistled for too many men on the ice, like coming out of locker rooms. It was, it was awkward. Yeah, yeah, we were fighting for ice time, and we are like keeping the team together. So we got to a point where Jesse, Brian, and I were like, you know what? We're just kind of sick of bouncing around these teams at these rinks that doesn't make sense. So we're like, let's just create our own team. And that's when we uh, – Jesse got the sponsor, Gator Dredging, and we put together our own team. And we, uh, we got Reese and Locke to join us the initial season. Uh, guys like Sarzi, um, our boy Zach – that we see now and then, young guy Zach, and then uh, Brett Anderson, and uh, we put together a team that did pretty well for a number of seasons. Zach was a random too. He was a he was an ad from 
uh, Finney, I want to say. Yeah. Yes, he was. I had to talk to his dad because he didn't have a cell yeah. phone. I had to talk to his dad to broker his deal. His dad was like his agent to get him on our team. <laughs> and uh, like, can like, Zach come like, out and play today, guys? <laughs> game one, we're, uh, you know, we obviously win because that's all we do. And um, we're sitting there handing out the suds in the, the locker room. And Zach's like, no, I'm, I'm underage. <laughs> we're just locked. <laughs> what a good kid. He's honest. Yeah. yeah. Now he's got, what, like three kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's true. Pulled a Descalzo out of it. <laughs> yeah, Danny Descalzo, Chris Fink, they were on the team for a while. So, um, yeah, we played with them. And then uh, at that point, we a couple seasons down the road, we ended up adding uh, Brando on, uh, Max. Um, you know, a lot of the current guys, we had guys coming out. Colin joined us for a little while. Uh, Donnie was with us, actually, the whole time. Um, and then – we ended up converting over to the Fergs because, uh, you know, you kind of have falling out with Garrett Dredging and you're like, screw these guys. And Ferg's like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give you jerseys. Yeah. We got these gems, the jerseys too, those white ones. <laughs> Brian's Which, uh, favorite jersey. Man, those are old. Those are that old, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So don't, the, don't forget about the uh, – shut, shut up, shut up. <laughs> don't forget about the goaltending that we went from uh, – Oh, yeah, yeah. We went from Fortuno to Danielle to Bowen to Russell. I mean, who's going to be next? You, know, <laughs> you never know. Is we, it Jesse? Is Jesse going to be next? <laughs> we had a stint with um, Dave, right? Uh, Dave Herbert. He filled in. I don't know if we had – he was on the Hammerheads. He became the enemy goalie when we uh, – you know, we when we left Hammerheads, we created Gator, Gator Dredging basically to take out our old team. And then it was that little rivalry of Gator Dredging playing Hammerheads and beating them time after time before they moved us out of the division because we were uh, just too good. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Brando, I want to I, I take notice the part where you skipped over our air traffic controller friend, Goalie, who played a season. <laughs> <laughs> what about him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly as he, he would just blame everything on anybody else on the ice and like listen a, i mean uh, i got i got no no problems with the kid andrew he's a good guy off the ice but uh you know when you let in two three goals in a championship from behind your own net then uh you become trash to me is what you are <laughs> uh, uh, andrew's a good kid it, it just didn't work out hey we're we have a i'll leave it at that <laughs> so so moving on real quick, um, you mentioned Mancation earlier. Um, while you're down here for Brink of Dreams, we also have Mancation coming up next weekend on Friday and Saturday. Um, our boy Bry Guy booked a place in Seminole Heights, and all the past, present Fergs guys are welcome. You know, we could sleep 30 there. If everybody wants to spend a night, why not? Um, I'm going to invite on Brian's behalf. But at least if guys are around, come over, stop stop by, have a beer or two with us, come hang out. But um you want to tell us, uh, this is what, our, our fifth or sixth mancation? Is that right? Uh, it's four Lando, and then five was uh, Brando's house last year. Okay, so number six, so six years in a row, and uh, you want to give the boys a quick story of how mancation even started? Yeah, it was um, really serendipitous, which uh, is the word of the day calendar I've got, by the way. Um, we, when you were, you were up in Tampa, you were going to go to a lightning game. Yeah, and, with, uh, you, with you. Yeah, and uh, you got a, a buddy from you played with over at UCF, right? That was working there. They they asked you if you wanted to come on ice at intermission and take a take a shot for a contest or something. Yep, Mr. Uh, Alex Harkins. That's right. From UCF uh, Knights. <laughs> so you go. You want to come out there with me? Go, well, yeah. Why not? Right. And of it course. was, um, dude. You got three shots from center ice to make it through a, like a puck sized hole. In a, like a shooter tutor yep. in front of the net. And I remember like we they gave us, we had to wear these like big old Jofa helmets and they gave us these like Franklin street hockey twigs. <laughs> in the I think they were like junior intermediate sticks, uh, no curve on the blade. It was, it was pretty bad. Oh, they were like an eight flex. <laughs> and uh, the first, both of our first shots went, it had been like, 15 feet wide right like it was just, it was pretty pathetic it was terrible and then uh yeah my, uh your second shot i think hit hit like right on the post and my second shot just threaded the needle straight in and we sallied pretty hard to center we had an entire plan on celebration <laughs> if we ever made it. 
<laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember that one movie with, um, if you guys remember, there was a movie with um, Kevin, uh, what's the guy from Can Queens? Kevin James. Kevin James and Vince Vaughn. They were at a Chicago Blackhawks game, and one of, the, one of them scores at center ice, and they just, like, jumped each other and rolled around at the ice. And that was actually our plan if we made it in. However, once Jesse actually made it in, I think it was, like, shock and all. We sellied, but, like, oh. we didn't know what to do. Like, it's not supposed to happen. No one's supposed to actually make it in. Yeah, we just threw our hands in the air, and then we, we had two, a shot left each, so we just – Ripped them down, tried to go Bardowski on them. <laughs> Tiny sticks <laughs> at I, that point. I remember you made it in, and then we still had two more pucks to shoot. And we're like, should we even still shoot these? Uh, Brandon, pull up. What's the movie called? The movie's called The The Dilemma. I don't even remember that name. Neither but... do I. <laughs> okay. I, I remember the scene <laughs> that you're talking about. I don't remember the movie, though. <laughs> Look for the clip on the uh, Ferg's Live Gator Dredging Facebook page if y'all want to see what we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Way to, way, to, way to plug your website there, buddy. You're like a pro. You go. So, so, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> so, so Jesse hits the money shot, which is amazing. We start losing our mind, and pretty much we're like, do we win a car? Like, what do we win? We're so excited because, once again, it's not supposed to happen. And we randomly, you know, you randomly hit it. We're ready for them to pull out the Ford, you know, the, or the Toyota Tundra or some other pickup truck, the Ford F-150. That shows what we won. And then we won a trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it used to be a Buick. <laughs> I remember Alex told us that later. It's like, no one ever won it. It was a Buick for like two years. Well, I mean, I'd take a three-year-old Buick at this point, but it was, um, it was a what, three-day, two-night stay at Saddlebrook Golf Resort, which is up in Wesley Chapel. Yes. It, and, yeah, exactly. I wasn't familiar with it, but yeah, we won that stay. And, um, at that time, you had a girlfriend, and I think I think I I, I was single. No, you had a girlfriend. I was a single, and then um, yeah. we were like, "All right, Paul, you get a girlfriend, and then we'll make it a couple's date." And then I got a girlfriend, and you were single, and then obviously I got back single. We were, you know, we were just on and off the market, just guys like us. It happens. Yeah. Then Classic. we we both got single, and I think we had like one year to use this trip, and we were like running out of yeah. time, and it was. I think we were originally going to try to do like a Valentine's thing because it was we, <laughs> we were it was supposed to end up in like February or March or something and we were God thank God out. we didn't we, do that oh shit <laughs> so we just picked a day and said we got to use it this weekend and uh, we just started throwing out feelers to whoever wanted to show up I mean it was it was pretty crazy I got it was New Year's Eve and I started talking to Brian on Facebook Messenger and invited him to come on up to this mancation did you say you were talking to Brian? You talking to Brian? <laughs> Very Craigslist, yeah, missed encounters. <laughs> <laughs> for the, for those of you that don't know, um, Jesse and I were playing with Brian down in Fort Myers, and then when we moved to Tampa, we kind of like fell out of touch with Brian. It was probably about two years solid. No one's heard from Brian Turok at all, and then Jesse starts talking to him, and then <laughs> yeah, he comes to Mancation. We had a ghost show up to Mancation. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was uh, the the first group was. Jesse, myself, Brian Tarak, uh, Brando, Jason Malak, the shirtless Malak, and then Jake Williams, who we haven't talked to in a while. But yeah, this first six, that was a group. Yeah. The original six, boys. <laughs> yep. And, uh, wasted. One of them wasted on Jake, but uh, whatever. <laughs> and, and that was where uh, Brando showed us the game Buffalo. Yep. First time we played that. Yep. It's a and, lifetime uh, commitment. <laughs> Not Brian broke his rib. <laughs> yeah, Brian <laughs> broke his rib. <laughs> it was um so, so for people who don't know, we got this weekend paid at this exclusive golf resort and for three days, two nights with no golf package. If you wanted to play, you actually had to buy the golf separate, which was like two hundred dollars a tea time, something crazy. Yeah. And we went there and did not play any golf at all. We just hung out in the pool and shot Nerf guns at each other for a weekend. Oh, and by the way, we couldn't even bring beers into the pool, so we had to hide a cooler in the bushes right. and walk out into the parking lot and just gas some beers and go back in and hang out by the hot tub. It was it was such a swanky resort. It was almost empty, but it was completely just this over the top level of swankiness. Like we didn't we tried to get a hot dog at the, the concession stand. It was like twelve fifty. <laughs> Laughed it off and walked away. And, uh, we got a noise complaint too that year. If you guys remember this, at seven o'clock in the in the evening, yeah, like 
we were watching the we Super Bowl or like a football game or something. Yeah, watching, Malak was watching Steelers, I think, play the Ravens and was getting mildly heated about something, but it wasn't bad. And uh, But keep in mind, the night before, we were up till around four in the morning trying to catch Nerf darts in our mouth, like <laughs> being idiots. Through a horse head. And, yeah, through a horse head. And uh, someone comes and complains. You gotta, like, some security guard comes up and says, you guys are being too loud. We're like, the sun is still up. What is going on here? And we're on the... We were on the first floor. Like, there wasn't anybody above us or, or anybody below us to, to make noise to. But... So, Mancation's also where we uh, started doing our infamous beer monsters and our famous dollar betting with uh, restaurants like Fridays and Applebee's, having the waitresses pick the bets. So, uh, a lot of good times. We've done it year after year. Um, we're, ro- we're slightly running out of time, but we have some questions for you uh, yeah, let's do it. before we let you go, uh, Jesse. Yeah, I, have, I have one question for you that, that seems to be a recurring question for any of our guests that come on here. And I might as well ask you the same. What are your best assets that you bring to hockey, both on and off the ice? Uh, I'm pretty tall. That gives me a, a lot of good stuff. And then, uh, then on the ice, uh, mostly getting in the way. Same answer as Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me ask you, what, getting back to Mancash really quick, my only other question uh, before we start the, uh, the lightning round, trivia round. Um, as far as Mancation goes, if you had to pick out of the five Mancations that have already you know, passed, and which one do you think was the most fun and why? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say the last one. I had fun, but I did. Th- uh, <laughs> which is now my baby's room, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to go the fantasy world was pretty good, despite the part where Paul and I got into a fight. Uh, oh, that's right. <laughs> and, hey, think- and the most interesting man alive got quit missing. <laughs> but that, yeah, one well, was, that one was good because with families around and we're just going down the water slides with the horse heads on, shotgun and beers, like watching, you know, a bunch of seven year olds are staring at us going, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> That's true. I mean, we can tell we can tell endless stories about all of our mancation adventures. We'll we'll save some of those for the next interview we have you on. But uh, I think what we're going to do quickly before we let you go is, I have I have six questions, lightning round style, and right. you have two seconds to answer after each question I give you. Do you think you're ready for this? I hope so. <laughs> okay, and. Uh, uh, on the count of three, I'm going to begin. Here we go. Ready? One, yep. two, three. Question number one. How tall are you? Six five. What should Seattle's new hockey team be called besides the Totems? Metropolitans. <laughs> Who's the best player to ever wear a Calgary Flames jersey? <laughs> a kid love. Oh, good Who's answer. the best player to ever wear a Ferg's Live jersey? Brando. They love you on this radio. <laughs> Seriously, I don't even. Oh, let me get to questions. All I'm not done. What's your go-to movie theater snack or candy? Popcorn. Bad answer. Who is the most entertaining drunk person you know? Rye guy. <laughs> Slam dunk, son. Well done. Great answers. Great answers. All right, Jesse. Well, hey, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you when you arrive in town next Thursday. I think there's some drinking next Thursday night. Yeah, Thursday. I get in, uh, get into Tampa Thursday around one ish or so. Hopefully, my gear gets there on like Wednesday. <laughs> Hope so. Hopefully, all your gloves do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that one glove just for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you got Polly giggling like a little schoolgirl over here. So we're gonna we're gonna let you go, buddy. But we appreciate having you on. It's been an absolute pleasure, and we look forward to the next time we have you on, my friend. See you next week, big guy. Later. All right, boys. Welcome back. Uh, Just wanted to do a quick little recap of the episode, share some upcoming news and events with you guys, and then... uh, you know, finish this whole thing off with one last advertisement from one of our sponsors. Um, first off, man, thank you, Jesse, for, for coming on as our guest this week. It's, you know, it's hard not talking to you for so long and you being out of town, but we love you. We miss you. We're excited about you coming back into town for 
Rink of Dreams and Mancation, and I hope that everyone else is too. But uh, a fantastic interview, our longest yet, and uh, we're looking forward to next week. Um, don't know who the guest is yet, but man, we'll figure it out. Anyways, um, another stellar performance on Monday night. As usual, boys, well done. We got the W. Nice little blowout victory to keep our momentum going into next week, um, which I'm really looking forward to because we play the good old Zeppelins on Monday at 7.15 matinee, NBC Sports Network. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, let us know if you're not going to be there. Uh, we'll get some subs and whatnot. You know, you guys know the drill. Anyways, another reminder about the good old Rink of Dreams next week. Um, Friday Rink of Dreams. Rink of Dreams. That's right, you heard it, Rick and Dreams. 12 o'clock, we're going to meet in the courtyard like we usually do. Um, this is for next Friday, April 6th. After we play, stick around. We're going to head over to Ferg's. We're going to drink a 1,000 beers, probably some Fireball, who knows. Play some drinking games such as Crocodile Roulette. Uh, bring some singles so you boys can, uh, you know, we can get some green on the table and really get it exciting. Um and then we're going to head back over to Amley to, to see the Bolts take on the Sabres of Buffalo, which should be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, a lot of good young players on the Sabres. Uh, I know they just signed Casey Middlestat. Uh, he should be playing, so it'll be a pretty good game. Um, also that weekend, uh, next weekend, right after uh, Rink of Dreams, or I guess including Rink of Dreams, that is Mancation weekend, and for, for those of you that have never joined us on mancation everybody's invited uh we're going to be staying at an airbnb a nice little house um, just outside of downtown so let us know if you're going to want to be staying with us maybe one or two nights that weekend uh, we can figure it out um, figure out air mattresses sleeping bags i'm sure uh, bry wants somebody to sleep with him so you know first come first serve on that uh, i called dibs sleeping with jesse because uh you know, I just the taller the better for me. Um, also, pretty exciting news: we got NCAA Frozen Four Championship on the Saturday night of Mancation, which is going to be an absolute fucking slop fest. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be. Let's see. I think it's Ferris versus Polly. Who's playing? Ferris versus. Um, I forget, but I know it's Michigan and Notre Dame playing, and then Ferris versus somebody else. I'm calling it's going to be Ferris versus Notre Dame in the finals with Notre Dame taking it. I can feel Locke's boner from here. All right, um, final announcement here before our uh, advertisement from our sponsor. We have playoffs coming up for the NHL, and we usually do a playoff bracket challenge every year as some of you guys know it's about 20 bucks a person uh, we thought about raising the price a little bit to three hundred thousand dollars a person but most of us can't afford that so i think we'll keep it at 20 bucks a person uh, we're trying to think of who won it last year and paul and i couldn't remember i want to say it was maybe reese or maybe that was two years ago could have been waldick i don't even know but anyways we fill out these brackets, winner take all, 20 bucks a person. Uh, I'll remind you guys when we get closer to that. Um, other than that, I can't think of any other thing to share. Paulie, what about you? Michigan versus Notre Dame. It's Michigan versus Notre Dame. And Minnesota Duluth versus Ohio State. Minnesota Duluth versus, what? It's not Ferris? I don't see Ferris, you see Ferris. Mm, I apologize, boys. I gave you false information, or maybe Paul did. Anyways, I'm going to just go ahead and stick with Ferris, whether or not they're playing, because Notre Dame is probably going to take it all anyways. And finally, boys, um, you know, a little bit of housekeeping as usual. We got to um, tighten things up with our sponsors and um, with our last interview here. We'll, we'll end this episode and uh, looking forward to next week as well. So... This week's uh, interview and episode has been brought to you by Senor Willie's Taco Shack. Have you ever been drinking for 12 hours straight and thought to yourself, fuck, I need a burrito or something to soak up this booze and breathe some life back into me? Well, you're in luck. For any of you that come to or sorry, for any of you that came to Paul's bachelor party, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
We're talking about the Mucho Macho Burrito served at Senor Willie's Taco Shack. It is the single most famous burrito known to mankind, and it's just served at a random burrito stand in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And these burritos are made with only the finest ingredients. Only open from the hours of 2 to 4 a.m., this burrito stand had several other options to choose from. However, if you chose anything else besides a Mucho Macho Burrito, then odds are you were just straight up disappointed. These burritos are made with one pound of ground beef, one pound of Wagyu steak, one pound of Canadian bacon, one pound of American bacon, two pounds of pulled pork, three pounds of white rice, and sprinkled ever so slightly with another pound of bacon. All of this wrapped up in a flour tortilla the size of a wheelbarrow. These burritos literally saved our lives and soaked up all the booze from day saucing all day, every day at Polly's Basher Party and allowed us to continue on the next day without a hangover. So head on over to Senor Willie's Taco Shack and Burrito Stand in Myrtle Beach today and order your Mucho Macho Burrito. What else would you get? There's no discount or promo code this week because trust me, it's worth every penny of the $7.99 that you'll pay to obtain one. And that'll do it, boys. Good talking to you. See you next week.